0: Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee, or the post-game wrap, whatever you want to say. Charlie and I decided to kind of wait and let the cobwebs get out of the way and talk about it this morning here on Sunday morning. It's raining in Starkville, Mississippi. I'm in Starkville. Charlie's still off-site. Going to be back later today, we hope. Weather permitting. Weather permitting with modern travel. Charlie, looking back at last night, man, going into this game, VCU had scored all those runs against Campbell the day before and they their offense looked so good on Friday and you kinda wondered about VCU and the way they got lift and Christian McLeod. One of the reasons we talked about about you know not wanting him to pitch against Sanford was because Sanford is a team that likes to run balls up. They got a high swing plane. But VCU, after seeing them on Friday, he kinda felt the same way.
1: I'll be honest with you, I was a little bit concerned about this game just because VCU looked like a very legitimate hitting team because they were I mean, they were just squaring everything up. It wasn't like they were getting bloop singles in that ball game. And so I was a little bit concerned. Overall though, Bart, we've talked before about how some guys are better at night than during the day. I just felt better about McLeod going at night. I kinda like the lefty and you know, that number twenty eight uh in Mississippi State with left-handers you got to have a little something to get that number don't you
0: yeah it feels like yeah. it doesn't it yep you gotta <laughs> have, have a little
1: dog in yeah they don't just give that out to anybody and I, I thought McLeod kind of came out last night it, it wasn't a dominant outing but it was a tough outing I mean that guy battled and I thought he earned the number last night
0: what well, he had eight strikeouts in the first three innings and one of the things you look back at, Charlie, is we were able to get out and you take a two nothing lead early in the first inning. I thought it was key once again. Rowdy Jordan getting the lead off single, and then Cameron James with a double. Logan Tanner had a single, and I want to talk about that at bat by Logan Tanner. I thought he did a good job of kind of fighting some pitches off. Got the two out RBI single to left field. You took a two nothing lead early, but I thought last night was kind of a roller coaster of emotions. You know, you you go up two nothing. VCU comes out, gets the home run in the second inning, and kind of settles them down just a tad, that leadoff solo home run by Schroeder. And so it's a 2-1 to game. We get another run in the second inning, bottom of the second inning, a double by Rowdy Jordan, an RBI single by Tanner Allen that kind of ate up the second baseman. It was good home, home scoring on that one. But you got a 2-1 lead, and both teams are kind of figuring each other out at the moment, but you talk about being a dog and wearing that number 28. I thought that came in the third inning when Christian McLeod comes out and throws nine straight balls. I've seen every outing of Christian McLeod. I've never seen that before. And what had me worried, and I'm not trying to overthink it, but he kept on looking at his fingers. And so then all of a sudden you begin wondering, okay, is it – A blister that's rubbing? Is it a nail that's popped? There are so many different things that can happen. And Scott Foxhall comes out and, man, quickly you start getting some action down in the bullpen. It was almost like you couldn't get action in the bullpen fast enough. And that's what was crazy about it. And so, man, he settled down after the two walks. He struck out three in a row to get out of the inning. And I thought that, to me, was one of the huge points in the ballgame.
1: Completely changed the game, I thought. And – I was sitting there thinking, uh-oh, we just don't need to go to the bullpen this early in this ball game." but you're about to have to. And it's not a matter of get somebody kind of tossing. It's a matter of get somebody hot and ready. And then he just came back, and, I mean, it changed the game right there.
0: And not only had you walked the first two guys. You'd walked Hogan Brown, the nine-hole hitter, and then Carpenter, the leadoff guy. And you're facing Tyler Locklear, and we talked about him last week. I mean, that guy went one for four last night with three Ks. He got a base hit in the seventh inning. But, man, I tell you what, he scared me there in the third. You've got back-to-back walks. And, Charlie, we talk about this a lot, about when you lose release point and then you've got to find it. It's like a golfer. I, I tweeted this last night. It's like a golfer getting the shanks, and you've got to figure it out in front of 13,000 people or 10,000 or whatever they announced last night at the ballpark, you've got to figure that out. You can't call timeout and say, hey, Mr. Upton, um, let me throw three in a row just to kind of get everything going back. You've got to figure out release point on the fly in a big moment. And I kept on hearing guys out in the outfield, and, man, you got the guys that are yelling, throw strikes, throw strikes, throw strikes. It's just it's, – it's not – you wish it was that simple. You wish Scott Foxhall could just put in the walkie talkie into the ear of Christian McLeod and to say, throw strikes and that worked
1: Yeah. As if that's just the plan. Okay. Sorry that, that missing on nine straight didn't work. Let's try something different. Right. But you know, I think you make a great point, Bart. I can't, if I'm on the golf course, I can't figure my swing out in front of three other people in a force, much less 15,000 people. And look, I'm, I'm, are we gonna play along with the ten thousand uh, will we play along just because we need to
0: yeah I will I will I'll say it was Crowded a ten. <laughs> it was a legit thousand ten thousand it, it was announced at ten
1: thousand. it was announced um, at ten thousand forevermore it shall be no, I thought it was i thought that was a huge sequence in the ball game and again we've talked about this before you're not just managing for a ball game you are managing an entire series. And I thought you go back and you say, well, not only does it change the game, it fundamentally changes how things set up for Mississippi State, where you got to win one or two games now.
0: Well, you said after the first game, Charlie. You said it, and it's about the matchup of Christian McLeod versus all those right-handed hitters of Sanford. This is a tournament where you have to have McLeod go deep, and I think that's why, even though you were winning, you know, two to one at the time, that you had that collective tightness that just jumped up in your heart is because it's in the third inning. You don't need this for the overall tournament at all because you said it. We needed Christian McLeod to go deep in the game. We talk about Bednar in the middle innings in the game on Friday. McLeod was the same way. He did a great job in fourth and fifth, ran into some trouble. He was one pitch away from getting out of that sixth inning, gives up the two-run home run to Haydack, that got it First back.
1: home run, Bart. We've given up five home runs in two games. First one that wasn't a solo. How is this ball game, or this weekend rather, different if the opponents have guys on base?
0: Oh, I know. And so they run that one out of the yard. Haydack hits it. It's a 6-4 to four game. And I'm not going to lie with you. At that time, and I'm not being negative Bart right here, but it's 6-4. to four. You're in the sixth inning. You're now in your bullpen. And so at that point, It's pretty much anybody's game. And, of course, before we go any further, I'm in the Bank First studios here in Starkville. Bank First, a better way to bank. They've got great locations throughout Mississippi and Alabama. They're fantastic with their mortgage department. They're great with their customer service. So Bank Where We Bank, I've gotten all my mortgages through. Bank first. I think of Brian Sistrunk down in the Madison area and Jackson area. I think of Jimmy McPherson here in the Startwell area. Man, those those guys do a great job. And so our thanks to the fine folks at Bank First. But the bottom of the sixth inning, Charlie, the ability to answer. My goodness. And when you answered, you answered. It was just a crazy you know, Scotty De got it all started.
1: And we go back and you talk about, you know, McLeod bouncing back, changes the weekend. That bottomless six doesn't just change the game. It changes the weekend because look, Landon Sims was about to come in at that ball game, don't you think? Oh yeah. And so and so now, just like you did the game before, put a line through his name, sit him back down, and <laughs> tell him maybe tomorrow, but you're not throwing today. But you go back to that bottomless six, Cameron James got a single Hancock walk, Tanner walk, and then Scotty De Brule gets the hit. And you know, here's the other thing, Bart. Yet another time, we talked about this after the first game, where the job that we did once we got guys to third base with less than two outs. You know, that's the big thing. You get a guy to third, there's a lot of ways to get him home other than with a hit. We get nine guys to third base with less than two outs yesterday, and we score
0: seven. I mean, that's been a running theme for the first two games for us is you get those runs against Samford. You get those runs against VCU last night. And how big is that, the the one-out hitting? It's, so many times we talk about two-out hitting, but the one-out hitting and scoring runs early before you get to the two outs has been so big this weekend. I thought, you know, after the single by De DeBruy, Brad Cumbus is hit by a pitch. He'd already homered in the game. Brad last night was one for three and drove in a couple runs. I th- thought he was really good last night. Kellum Clark was so good at the plate. But Brad was hit by a pitch. And then, you know, Kellum Clark, it seems like every ball he hits – he hits it hard. I thought the moment got a little big last night for VCU. I think the crowd, this place is different, man. I'm telling you, that sixth inning, and we saw it earlier in the game a little bit, especially on that ground ball by Tanner Allen back in the second inning. I thought the game got a little, a little too big. They're a good ball club. They are a great ball club, and they could come back and win this whole thing. But I thought at night, this place is different at night. I'm telling you, man. It's like going to Tiger Stadium for a 2.30 football game. I've done that where it's just loud and it's crazy. It's nuts. But it's just different when you turn on the lights and it just feels weird, man. Uh, it was it was awesome last night. And I thought the moment got a little bit too big for VCU.
1: I thought that it did. You go back, you look. had three wild pitches, hit a couple of guys, walked eight, and then, you know, weren't sharp in the field. I had to watch remotely last night, Bart, and I'll save a lot of my views on that, other than to say you could tell there was an incredible atmosphere at the ballpark last night. Unfortunately, you had to kind of be there before to know it, because the TV, such as it was, did not do a great job of capturing that, and uh, well, that's unfortunate. I think our (laughs) sport, uh, look, I I think it's an insult to the sport, just to be honest with you. I think we deserve to have guys sitting in the stadium calling the game with the crowd up, mics up where you could hear it. You know, not a lot of discussion about coffee late in ball games. That that was a ball game that didn't need coffee. All you had to do was be there and you'd feel that energy. That had all the caffeine effects you needed just being there.
0: Yeah, I so don't goes. And And that's that's kind of the unwritten rule. Media supposedly doesn't talk about other media. You know, I, th- I think. I'm it, not
1: calling out anybody. No. Uh, having. Having people who aren't in the stadium matters.
0: It, it does. just matters. It does. And, it, and does, it doesn't matter if it's Tom Hart and Kyle Peterson. You know, they're the ones doing the Oxford Regional. I watched a little bit of that the other day. And it's not Tom's fault. It's not Kyle's fault. I talked to Kyle last week about it over in Hoover. And he was like, hey, it's tough. I mean, I, I want to be on site. Hopefully they're going to be on site for the Super Regionals. I don't know if it's just a blanket decision by ESPN. Sometimes we don't understand the decisions of ESPN. I just want a baseball guy. I just want a baseball guy who can explain baseball things to me. And to me, that's one of the big insults about sometimes how ESPN treats college baseball here at the end of the year. They want to talk about how important it is and how great it is, but then all of a sudden, you know, the way they do the College World Series. I I think Ben McDonald and Kyle Peterson should be your guys the rest of the way. I think they're the the two best in the business, without doubt, And pulling major league guys and guys who never see the game of college baseball. I've seen guys broadcasting regionals right now who are not college baseball guys. They're football guys. There are guys who are doing analyst work right now in the regionals who have not tweeted about college baseball this year, but yet they're sitting there doing, doing an analyst job. Why not Jay Powell? Jay Powell is sitting right next door. He's done this before. And, you know, Jay, I'm I'm glad Jay's doing a regional with Jim. I sat there and listened to the game last night with Jay and Jim, and I love listening to those guys. But it's an insult to the sport of college baseball. If you want to prop it up and say how important this is and the road to Omaha, at the end of the day, give us a product. Give us a product. And hopefully I didn't say too much right there.
1: Well, no, look, it just stings with the venom of vicious truth, Bart. Um, It just is. And it's look, it's one of the things we're going to be dealing with in all sports for quite a while, I'm afraid, because these networks have spent money building facilities or getting equipment for people to be able to broadcast from their basements. They're saving money on travel, and I'm afraid they're going to use it. And the overall product is going to suffer. And the question is going to be, does somebody with the NCAA, does somebody with the committee, does somebody... Who is passionate about college baseball? Who has some influence? Step up and say, "Guys, you're not going to treat our sport this way." You know, this is a big time thing, and if we're going to be partners, let me tell you what we're about to do. But the fact that you've got spring games being rerun on the SEC network at times uh, when you could be showing games—well, the very fact that Mississippi State is a top eight seed and you have to go to ESPN three to watch it—I think that's just that's too bad. It's, uh, but it's big any spot. Event,
0: anyway, we went down that rabbit hole pretty far.
1: Oh, i got a lot more to say, but we'll let it go.
0: <laughs> okay, so looking back at us, we talked about Christian McLeod last night, and we, well, what an outing. He had 12 strikeouts and five and two-thirds. I think it go, kind of goes back to the thought process of, you know, him pitching at night, having high spin rate, and I'm telling you, even though that fastball may be at, at 89 or 91, it's still holding plane. It's a different look. I thought his breaking ball at times last night was okay. He got in trouble with that breaking ball in the sixth inning when he tried to spike one. I thought that led to essentially giving up three runs in that sixth inning. But he gives up four runs on five hits and strikes out 12, walks three. But here's the thing about McLeod. He threw 123 pitches last night, a night after Will Bednar throws 117. So, Charlie, I know we've heard it all season long. Man, why are these guys not going deeper? This is why. Because when you get to tournament time, you got to use your horses. And right now, we're using our horses.
1: I think we said this maybe in the South Carolina game where Scott Foxhall, Chris Lamonis do not manage emotionally, they manage rationally. And that's not to say they don't bring fire to the game. You know, that's one of the things I love pointing out to people. They talk about, you know, Chris Lamonis is this kind of sit on the bucket guy, doesn't do a whole lot. Man, if you ever look at some of those conversations taking place in the dugout, mask or no mask, you could tell there was some intensity and the messages being conveyed clearly. So it's not to say they don't manage and operate their handle their roster with, you know, some degree of enthusiasm, but they don't do things because they're scared. They don't make panic moves early in seasons to think, man, we've got to win this game against Tulane or whoever it is. They've taken a long view. And I think you're seeing it, and I think you're going to see that more. You know, you talk about Landon Sims as an example. When you might, you see him? Look, we haven't seen Landon Sims back-to-back days this year. It's not out of the question, depending on how things shape up, and you certainly hope you don't ever get to this. You could see Landon Sims twice in a day, depending on how the weather plays out, if that's what you had to do. I think you get to this point of the year, the arms are fresh, they're stretched out, and they're ready to go.
0: Would you ever consider starting him
1: tonight? I would. And then I would decide against it, but I would consider it. Ultimately, I just don't see him being a guy who is going to go six innings. And so if I've got to pick the five or six I want from him, let's say he can give you five, which is one more than he's given you all year in a single outing. Um, you want the first five or the back five? I think because of the fact that that's what he's used to, I think I'd throw him on the back end and just say, all right, guy, here we are tie ball game, up a run, up two, bring it home, it's on you.
0: Bingo. You just said exactly my thoughts, is you don't do anything he's not used to. What happened in the SEC tournament, you bring him in in a non-leverage situation. You bring him in in a blowout situation just trying to get him innings, and it's different. The feeling is different on the mound. It's different getting the start. It's different coming out of the dugout and going out to pitch when you're used to pitching on a motion late in the game, I think he would be a different guy. You can't do that at this time of year. If you're going to do the Landon Sims starting experiment, you do it a lot earlier than the year than you do right now. I remember when Ross Mitchell, remember when Ross, I think it was 2014, we had used him so much out of the bullpen in 13. And then you're like, all right, hey, we're not getting good starts in 2014. We were in Georgia. And I remember sitting in the scout that day, and all of a sudden, you know, John comes in, Butch comes in and says, hey, we're going to start Ross Mitchell today. And we're like, whoa. And I remember the thought process at the time being, hey, this is March, and this is late to be doing something like this. You don't make rash decisions in June. You make decisions like this in late February and early March because a lot of times they can backfire on you.
1: Charlie? Yeah, and here's the other thing to say about that too. We've got a deep pitching staff. We are not in the mode. Look, VCU, when they were, Coach was asked yesterday, who are you going to pitch tomorrow? It was one of those are you available kind of things. You know, those are guys that got to scratch their heads because they got to win three games to get through this thing. If we are in a situation where a combination of Fristo, Harding, Sims, Stone Simmons, Parker Stanton, you name it, because Stanette didn't throw a lot of pitches last night, if you can't get through a ball game with those guys, you don't deserve to advance anyway. This is not the desperate time where we're trying to fight our way through a losing bracket, and we've got to, you know, coming from the loser's bracket, you got to do some crazy stuff. We're not at a spot of desperation. We're not at a spot of having to do something different. Man, do what got you here.
0: All right, let's take a look at their stats, and our stats are brought to you by Maroon and White Realty. Well, start, well Maroon and White, you got Sterling Dahl and that gang, and they do a great job. They've got their ear to the ground in the Startwell real estate market. If you're looking for property management, if you're looking for a game-day home, if you're looking for something for your daughter who's about to move to Startwell, if they don't have anything, they can find it for you because they're well-respected in the community, and they work with other agents extremely well. And Sterling Dahl and those guys at Maroon and White Realty will take care of you if you have any kind of needs from real estate in the Startwell area. Offensively for State, 9 for 16 from your top three hitters. Rowdy Jordan was 3 for 5. Tanner Allen was three for five. Cameron James was three for six. Those guys combined for seven RBIs in the game last night. I thought the top of the order. We always talk about the top of the order, but I thought the top of the order. And then you add Cameron James in there last night, the way he hit the baseball. Last night was big.
1: Yeah, and then the other guy, Kellan Clark, giving you a little pop at the bottom of the order because you got to have something down there too. And, you know, Forsyth is struggling right now at the plate. That's not a surprise, necessarily. I think the coaches thought he'd be a 240 hitter. And right now, I think as we enter today, he's a 240 hitter. But, you know, adding Kellum Clark now at the bottom gives you some pop and kind of changes things as well down in the bottom half.
0: Yeah, Kellum last night was one for four, scored a couple of runs, had three RBIs in the game, hit a home run, walked the time. So, you know, Kellum was was once again good. It doesn't allow a pitcher to get comfortable – and then, you know, get confidence going back to the top. If you've got something in the bottom half, Cumbas hitting the home run last night. He had two RBIs in the game, had the home run. He was hit by a pitch twice. You know, Brad now batting 325 on the season. So, good night for Brad Cumbas. So, technically, you had three guys with three hits, Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen, Cameron James. And then a two-hit night from Scotty DeBruyne. We hadn't even talked about Scotty Brule. Leading off that sixth inning was massive, just getting the base hit and kind of stop any kind of run for VCU. Scotty was two for four last night. And then you had one hit each from Logan Tanner, Brad Cumbas, and Kellum Clark in the game. So the offense was good last night. From a pitching standpoint, we talked about Christian McLeod. He went five and two-thirds, four runs, all earned on five hits. He struck out 12. He walked three. Threw a couple wild pitches in the game. Got three flyouts, two ground outs. So there weren't many many plays put in the air. So 17 outs last night. Out of the 17 outs, 12 were strikeouts. And as we talked about, 123 pitches thrown, 73 strikes, and now a 3.81 earn run average. He improves his record of six and four. Brandon Smith coming out of the bullpen was good last night. Two and a third of work, no runs, three hits. Two strikeouts and a walk. He gave up some loud outs. He gave up some line drive base hits, but a good night for Brandon Smith. And then Parker Stinnett, a clean ninth inning. He struck out the side in the ninth inning on 14 pitches, so a good night last night for the Bulldog pitching staff. For VCU, they have one guy, Schroeder, the right fielder, was two for four. He was the only guy with multiple hits last night for VCU. They finished the game with eight hits in a game. Pitching-wise, Delane with the first three. Gave up three runs on five hits and three innings of work, two strikeouts, two walks. He threw sixty pitches. They used five pitchers last night. Griffin, man, he was touched a little bit last night. Gave up three runs on four hits in an inning, and so VCU used some pitching last night. You had the Ward who threw just two innings, but he threw seventy pitches. He gave up eight earned runs, nine runs total on five hits and two innings of work. So, I mean, he's he's probably done for a while. So, VCU kind of burned through some bullets last night. And so, the line totals, State was 16 runs on 14 hits, played errorless baseball, left nine on the bases. VCU, four runs, eight hits. They commit three errors, probably could have been a few more, and then seven left on base. And those stats brought to you by Maroon and White Realty here in Startwell. Sterling Dahl in that group fantastic job with any real estate need property management they do a great job with property management and so if you've bought a few condos and looking for somebody to kind of manage those for you sterling and those guys do a great job with that and so that's a look at our stats from last night charlie i guess we need to look at our big plays from last night and and our big plays brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive in Startville. Two Brothers—they've got the great tacos, they've got the s- smoked wings. Anything you want on the menu is fantastic. They're a great addition to the Startville community from a restaurant standpoint. They started out small, and they realized they could get big in a hurry, and they have done a great job. Great setting—man, you can sit out on that second-story patio, kind of overlook the Cotton District. My
1: daughter tells me, by the way, that I've been talking too much about the tacos. I need to be talking about the barbecue cheese fries. That's the that's a staple for her.
0: Well, it, a lot of times the barbecue cheese fries, and I've, I've had those on multiple occasions, a lot of times it is determined by the lateness in the evening. You know what I'm saying? It, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, determined, <laughs> well. it's determined by what is taking place before you actually walk in the door of two brothers. And so, yeah, everything everything on the menu is great at two brothers. And so the big plays of the game, Charlie, what say you? What's your big play of the game last night?
1: All right, so I kind of prefaced my big play yesterday by saying I was going to get laughed at. I may get laughed at on this one, too. I'm going with Logan Tanner's base hit in the bottom of the first inning that drove home a run, made it two to nothing. I think it is a fundamentally different game when you go back out to the mound up two to nothing instead of one to nothing. And as it turns out, VCU hits the home run, cuts the lead in half. But McLeod still pitching with a lead at that point. I think getting that big hit, the big two out hit early in the ball game, getting another run across just changes the crowd. It changes how McLeod has to pitch. And I thought I realized things got tight later, but I thought early on in terms of setting kind of the mindset of the game, that was a big, big play.
0: Yeah, scoring two runs early just feels different than one. But putting up a crooked number early is such a big key. Okay, here's my big play. And I think this is a season-type play. I thought the at-bat against Locklear in the third inning, we talked about this early on, you throw nine straight balls, it's 1-0 to Locklear, who is all-world in the a ten who's had an unreal freshman year, team leader in hitting, but bouncing back to get a strikeout with runners at first and second for Christian McLeod was massive. And that may have been like a season. I hate to overstate this. That may be a season saver with that at bat.
1: Well, and and weren't they at second and third? Because I think that ninth pitch was a, was a wild pitch. pitch yep. So it moved them over. So even bigger.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and so that's the big plays brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats on University Drive in Startwell. Go check out those tacos, man! The tacos are great. I'm, I'm telling you, the smoke wings. I am ordering some smoke wings later today because I don't know how much baseball we're going to play, especially in the early afternoon, because it's raining in Startwell right now. It's the morning time. It started raining about 1.30 in the morning last night. They put the tarp on the field, and it's been raining since. And so, all right. So let me give you this: true or false?
1: we are better off with the entire day being rained out instead of just one game being rained out. Meaning, there's got to be an elimination game played between Campbell and VCU that the over and under and run score is going to have to be about 38, looking at what those two teams have given up recently.
0: And the time of the game may last four and a half hours.
1: Are we better off with them having to play that game an hour before with an hour gap between finishing it and turning around and playing us rather than letting them play it today squeezing one in and then coming back on Monday for what would be a double header.
0: I mean there's definitely difficulties especially in what we did yesterday with that game that first game going as long as you did and you get pushed back to 825 because you have to think about it from a management situation and a schedule situation and this is one of the reasons right here what happened yesterday is one of the main reasons that you play the first game in the first day of the tournament sometimes because it gets you out of any kind of rhythm because you've got McLeod who kind of has to sit around yesterday. Now, he he ended up performing well. It wasn't a big thing, but sometimes, guys, when you start talking about schedules and routine, that's that's a big thing for him, but it wasn't for McLeod yesterday. Yeah, I see what you're saying because you just there's just an uncertainty about when you're going to play.
1: Well, and my thought is, look, don't give, the winner of this Campbell VCU game, the benefit of a night off before they have to play you. I kind of like the idea of making them turn around and play one more.
0: Yep. Hey, uh, looking at the overall tournament, does it surprise you? It surprises me that out of the 16 national seeds, 13 are 2-0 and right now. That, that surprises me.
1: Well, I'll tell you, one thing that surprises me is one of the teams that was
0: 0-2. Yeah, Florida. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the way, and they, the way they went down, up. too. Yeah,
1: they didn't, didn't show up. And, and I don't understand that one bit.
0: Every year, every year, they're propped up by certain organizations. And they were the consensus number one team in the country. But I think I, I remember being told that this may be as good a talent as Kevin O'Sullivan's ever had. I, I think I remember reading that in January or February. But everything with a grain of salt. With, with what you read early in the season. Let's look at yesterday. South Alabama beat Florida 19-1. Bama beat Ryder in an elimination game 3-1. LSU had to walk off against Central Connecticut State in 10 innings, 6-5. So LSU stays alive. Ole Miss had a big win, 4-3 to 3 over Florida State. So Ole Miss is now in the championship game. Tennessee is in the championship game, a 9-3 win over Liberty yesterday. Old Dominion beat South Carolina Last night, two to one, so old Dominion now sitting in the catbird seat over in Columbia. Vanderbilt won four to three over Georgia Tech so Vanderbilt is now at 2 and0 oh, and Arkansas beats Nebraska five to one yesterday. so looking around the SEC, still in pretty good shape as far as how they're performing here in the postseason. but hey all we can really worry about is ourselves, Charlie, and the people that I've talked to have said that this tournament can go to Wednesday. I mean, you can actually play, I think, on Wednesday because the Super Regionals, some are Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some are Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And so the last thing the NCAA wants is what they had in women's golf where they just put, a team, put teams through due to weather. That happened to us down in Baton Rouge. And so I think we've got – that's the positive. I think we've got a couple of days to play with.
1: Well, and if that's the case, boy, I hope we're not sitting here looking at a Tuesday asking if will bednar is good to go again i don't think that'll be the case i think we will be just fine next game out and let's just hope that for good measure whenever vcu and campbell play that it goes about 19 innings
0: i'm good with that hey charlie be safe traveling and uh hey after the game if we play tonight after the game tonight charlie and i'll be sitting in the same studios the bank first studios be talking about mississippi state and the Winner of Campbell and VCU. That's what's on deck for State here in the Startwell Regional. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Once again, thanks to our sponsors, Bank First, Maroon and White Realty, and Two Brothers Smoke Meats. It's a post-game wrap slash Sunday coffee for you here on this rainy Sunday morning in Startwell, Mississippi. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us.